Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dent Talk. My name is Anthony. This is our guest. And you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Paul Savage and I own Savage Creative Solutions and Treeport Secrets. And I was diagnosed with testicular cancer in February of 2020. And you're so much more than just that. You're an author. You're in remission. Absolutely. I'm in remission now and I'll be considered, quote, cured in 2025. Yeah. And we're here to talk about that cancer. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead. I'm an open books. (laughs) Yeah. I know it was during COVID. Um, I know we lost my grandma to cancer during COVID. And it was back home, so I know how hard it is. Absolutely. And yeah, if you can go ahead and go through it, because I know from just reading your book, when you had to make the calls, if I if I get emotional, I know how that kind of feels. And I probably yeah. didn't feel the same as you, but could feel the pain. Yeah, and so it started actually about six to nine months before February of 2020, when I kind of noticed a mass in my scrotum, knew something was a little off, but, well, actually, I guess let's go back a little bit. It started as kind of a discomfort. Um, It wasn't really painful, but it was a discomfort. And I, I thought maybe I had slept with a body pillow wrong or just slept wrong or something, didn't think anything of it until I noticed the mass a couple months later and knew that something wasn't quite right. And so I went to the doctor and got it checked out. Um, And they told me at that point that they thought it was a clump of cysts, albeit a large clump that they hadn't seen that large before, but that my blood tests were showing negative for cancer and the ultrasound that they did showed negative for cancer. Um, And so they put me on some antibiotics and I was on those for a couple months. And then it wasn't until closer to February that it was still getting larger. It was still causing more discomfort. And so I decided to go back. And at that point, the ultrasound finally picked up some signs that showed it was likely cancer. And so they recommended an orchiectomy, which is the removal of a testicle. And um, they told me that I could get a second opinion if I wanted to, which at this point I was only... 27 years old. So I said, yeah, I think I would like to at least get a second opinion, even though hearing cancer is a scary word at any age. Um, And so I got a second opinion from, it was actually, I had two student doctors with them and a, a regular doctor, if you will. And all three of them concurred that it was testicular cancer. And so at that point, 
things started moving pretty fast. Within a week, I had surgery to have the testicle removed. Within a couple of days after that, they did a CT scan to see if that had taken care of it. And that's when they found out that it had actually spread up into my abdomen and chemo and another surgery was likely going to be necessary. I know in your book, when you were going through all the dates, it it really looked like it was moving so fast. It was. And that's kind of what led me to start writing that blog and to kind of chronicle my journey a little bit more was everything was moving so fast. And I was blessed to have a lot of support from my friends and family. But at that time, I just couldn't keep up with the messages and different things that that I was receiving. And so the easiest way to kind of manage that for me was to just write a blog post and keep everybody updated that way. And so that's kind of how that started. And that uh, the blog post style of the book actually makes it really nice to read. It's not like uh, hitting you in the face with so much. It's yeah. It's so nice to read, and then you got pictures of your your hospital bands, all of that in there. So it yeah, absolutely. It's refreshing, and like I told you on the way up here, I don't know who the nurse was, but I don't like her too now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's during COVID, but yeah, um, and yeah, go ahead and uh, explain how that was. I know you said your mom was a, a nurse as well. Yeah, so my mom was an RN in the Air Force, um, and my dad was um, in Vietnam as a Marine for several tours. So, of course, he was exposed to Agent Orange and some of those other things. Um, And so some of the major questions that they had starting out was, was it anything from Agent Orange or anything like that that had caused me to have this sort of cancer? Um, And so... I felt that it was not only important for me to have them there as kind of moral support at 27 going through a cancer diagnosis, but also to be able to answer some of their questions, particularly my mom being an RN. I know I'm not going to ask all the right questions on that front. She knew all the lingo. She knew the lingo. Yeah. And so when when we got there, they were only going to allow one parent in. And so they ended up letting my dad come up, but made my mom go back to the car. Um, And I was blessed to have a doctor that when I explained kind of what was going on and he understood the impact that it would have on me to be able to have them there, um, he spoke with the hospital administrators and they ultimately allowed both of my parents to be there um, during that. But there were several times when I was going through chemo that I was only allowed one person. So we kind of took turns with my mom or dad or sisters or friends coming up. Um, I had three rounds of chemo that lasted a period of about three months. So we just kind of took turns going in cycles during that. Um, But there were a couple different times where the side effects kind of caught up to me from the drugs. My body handled it a lot better than I I thought it would. I wasn't as nauseous and things as I thought. Um, But I did get really dehydrated about the after the first week of every cycle. Um, And that ended up forcing me to... um, go get some fluids and kind of get checked out a couple of times. And then towards the end of my last cycle, about a week to two weeks before it was supposed to end, um, I kind of got a crook in my neck and it didn't seem to go away. And then right before, it was actually the day of my birthday, um, I started getting a temperature 
And so I kind of celebrated a little bit with my friends, but woke up in the middle of the night sweating and had to get a rag. And so when I went in the following day, they ran some tests and found out that I had formed a blood clot in my arm and kind of underneath my armpit from the port that they had placed um, for the chemotherapy sessions. And so that forced me to halt my treatments for about a week. And during that time period, I wasn't allowed anybody to visit me. So there were times when my mom or dad or sisters would drop things off for me and I would look out the window and tell them what I could see and they would kind of drive around until they could find me and we'd wave at each other from the window. And that was about all we could do for for many times throughout the treatment, I guess you could say. Yeah, I know it It probably was really hard. Um, I know you also talked about some of the people you were employed with and how they helped you through it. I forgot which uh, agency it was, but you became really close with them like a family and they would pray for you. You would stop by and pray with them. And it also let you back into your faith. Absolutely. And so I like to think that the Lord didn't give me cancer, the devil did, but that the Lord can use anything for good. And I've kind of seen that play out through my entire journey. Um, so I started out my career right after college at KS Lane News 12 as a digital sales assistant and was able to kind of go over to some of the meetings on the marketing and news side. And that's when I realized that I really fell in love with kind of marketing more so than sales. Um, and so I left KSLA after about a year and went to work for a local agency. And I'll never forget during my interview with her, the one thing she said before I could accept the position was, I may be the owner of this agency, but the Lord is the CEO. And is that okay with you? And I didn't really know how profound that would affect me at the time, but I said, yes, I didn't. I was a Christian. I didn't have a problem with that, but I wasn't attending church. I hadn't found a place in that sense yet. And so we became really close at that point through um, our work together every day. And there were kind of some moments where some faith or some stories from the Bible were thrown in there and work almost became my church in a way at that point. And after about a year or two there, I got the opportunity to uh, become the Director of Marketing, Communications, and Public Relations for the Greater Shreveport Chamber. And I loved that job and kind of the culture there so much that that was a big, big jump for me to leave there and trust moving um, to this other place. And so that was the first time that I prayed really hard about a job before I accepted it. And I'll never forget the first day I walked in there and they were kind of setting up my email and setting up my phone. And my phone extension was 0521 and my birthday is May 21st. So I said, okay, Lord, I'll take that as a sign that I'm in the right place. And ultimately it was the blessing that I didn't know that I need needed at the time and that it provided me the insurance that I didn't have to go through this cancer journey um, because I, I did not have health insurance at the agency I was at. And so all of those things kind of led up to that journey. And then I was only at that job for, I don't even think I was there, maybe a month. 
before I noticed kind of the first signs of something wasn't right. You know, we all have that 90-day kind okay, of so period. so that was the job where you uh, mm-hmm. let your boss know that. Yeah, and oh, so okay. I I kind of went into the president's office and said, look, I, I, I know I haven't been here very long, but I, I feel that something's not right and I need to get it checked out. And he... He was very gracious, and his response was, we we want you here in the long term, and whatever you need to do in the short term to make sure that that happens, do it. Um, And so that was a huge relief to to not worry about that in a job that I had been at probably about three weeks, maybe four, kind of right before everything went crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and you were, like you said, we're getting a, you were actually going independent as far as starting to live by yourself. Yeah, I had actually just moved into uh, an apartment at the View Tower a few months before. I'm kind of right about the same time I started that job or right before that. Um, and so I was kind of feeling this sense of, okay, I'm successful. I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I can finally have a place of my own. I had a car. I had an apartment. And those were two things that I never thought I would be able to have at the same time just because of how difficult it is for single people nowadays. And so I was feeling really good kind of about life and where I was. I had a great job. And then suddenly that that diagnosis kind of changed all of that. My apartment at the View Tower was on the ninth floor. And so there were several times where the elevator would be out or something like that. And there was just no way that I could walk up more than nine flights of stairs after going through chemo. Um, and so I ended up moving back in with my parents during that time and Blanchard and um, kind of broke the lease and stayed with them throughout my treatment, which was great because there, like I said, there were some times where side effects caught up to me and we had to call an ambulance and different things. Um, but it also made me feel like I was taking a step back and that I had failed in some way and that. I had just gotten not out of debt, but in a place where I could afford things. And now here I am piling up more debt. And what was my future going to look like when I thought everything was going well and now everything's just crashing and burning, it seemed like. (laughs) It's a scary thought just for someone without that cancer diagnosis Mm -hmm. and to be going through that while having that is, is really crazy and I told you I've been following you for the past three or so years. Um, And you do so much for the community as far as uh, Shreveport Secrets, Um, even following you before because you do restaurant reviews, all of these things. Absolutely. So I think it pushed you back just a little bit, but then you kind of just slingshot it right after that. I mean... Yeah, and it actually worked out um, kind of in my favor. There were some pros and cons of COVID. So, of course, the cons were I couldn't have family and friends with me. I was isolated in some ways. Um, But one of the pros was that I was furloughed during that time. Um, But one of the things that they made sure of was that I maintained my health insurance. Um, And so I wasn't having to deal with work and that sort of thing during that period, which was great. Um. But then when I did come back after a few months, I had tried, I guess I'll back up a little bit. I started Savage Creative Solutions right as I was getting out of college or towards my senior year. I felt like I needed something to kind of show the work and my ability and skill set 
And so I kind of started as a freelance agency in that respect. Um, and I had tried one time before, kind of in between KSLA and the agency. It didn't work out. Um, and then kind of as I came back from the furlough, my mentality was was a lot different. I realized that kind of nothing could be taken for granted and that things could completely change tomorrow. Um, and so that really gave me the push then to give it another go and to try to run my agency full time again. And I really think that the mentality that cancer gave me allowed me to be successful and where I am today. Um, I just recently celebrated two years of going full time with the agency. So. And then um, the success of that agency has allowed me to develop another app as well that we're getting ready to launch, um, which I remember getting a quote on before. And I was like, there's no way. Let's shelf this because yeah. <laughs> that's never going to happen. But it it's all kind of played out to allow me to get to where I am. And so I think that while nobody wants cancer, in many ways it's helped I hate to say groom because that sounds like a harsh word, but groomed me into who I am and, and what I am today. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people get these tests and um, going through them, you learn to appreciate things a lot more. I know that's a little bit off topic, but going back into it, you also said this kind of brought your family back together and they started praying together. Yeah. Um, and so my family, I mean, not everyone in my family is Christians, but I wouldn't say we were a very religious family growing up. Um, but this started kind of a lot of conversations about talking about God and kind of the impact of faith and what his faith can do, or our faith rather, um, can do. And I think one of the most emotional things that kind of happened throughout this journey was my sister sent a video of my niece who was about, she was probably five or six um, at that point. Um, and in order to explain kind of what was going on with uncle, she told her that I had bugs and they were trying to get the bugs out. And so she sent me a video of my niece praying to God that he removed the bugs from Uncle Paul and that she prayed for me every time. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right because you didn't, you, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting a Terry die because that was in the book. When we were walking up, I told you so many members of my family had cancer. It's, it's like there's, it sucks, but like there's a pain that brings everyone back together. And you get to fight something together. And, the, and I think that's something that cancer kind of taught me too, is to find hope, positivity, and faith and everything. And that was one of the positive things that happened from this journey was, yeah. was the closeness of our family coming together, their growth kind of growing along with mine. Yeah, I told her when I opened your book, like, I could already start, like, tearing, just reading. And I, I, and I know even all the reviews on your book, there's so many reviews of people that had testicular cancer. There's also some there who just had family members with cancer mm -hmm. that talk about how personal it is and how it made them cry or emotional, which everyone has someone that has cancer. Mm -hmm. So 
everyone's bound to be emotional with this book. Yeah, and that's kind of how it started too. I when I originally started the blog post, I had no intention of publishing it as a book. Um, I'd always dreamt of being an author, but never thought that that first book would be about my life and be a, a true story. Um, and it was about a year after I had wrote the final post that I was still getting messages from wives, girlfriends, mothers, um, kind of thanking me for sharing my story and, and kind of being so candid about what I went through and how it had helped them. And one of the moms suggested that I publish it as a book. And so that was what kind of sparked turning the blog post into a book. And I think one of the coolest experiences from that was shortly after the book launched, I received an Instagram message from a guy in Oman, um, which is over kind of under Europe. And he had received my book and was getting ready to read it and was going through testicular cancer when he got the book. Um, And so he was kind of sent me a personal video message thanking me for sharing my story and letting me know that my book had made it to Amon. And I, I just thought that was one of the coolest things. And then knowing that that Christianity and faith isn't always as strong in some of those countries as well just, yeah. just made me all the more happier and excited that, that it was reaching people who needed it. And they got it by their side while they're going through that same journey. Um it's pretty intense. Uh, I I I wasn't there reading your blogs as you're posting it, but I could imagine people seeing it while you're posting. Mm-hmm. How much more emotional they were because you were it was live post of what you're doing. Because I can absolutely me being this emotional while reading the book, um, following it almost daily while you're posting probably going to be a lot more emotional i i've been enjoying your book so far um well thank you i appreciate that i think she needs to read it she probably cried through the whole book but yeah it's that's why i asked her can i can i interview him just because i've been following so i know we're jumping around everywhere with this interview but yeah it's a it's a really good thing like for someone to read that and have it by their side while they're going through what you went through, or they could be in tougher situations. And there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel with your book. Absolutely. And even, even just young men or men in general to kind of spread awareness about testicular cancer. Um, It's actually the number one cancer in man ages 15 to 44. And if caught early, it has a 95% curability rate. Um, if I had been able to catch mine before it spread, I could have saved myself a lot, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a, a lot of circumstances. Um, but cancer wasn't even a word on my on my mind at 27. And then to hear the word chemotherapy, I thought cancer was the scary word. Chemotherapy probably scared me more than cancer, um, just because you automatically have that that vivid image in your head of a a bald head, fragile body, weak. Um, and so kind of counteracting that was a big part of that first response too. But it, 
it just all moved so fast. And then I have older parents. Um, and so my first thought was, how is this going to affect them? And I don't want it to affect them in a negative way or hurt their health either. Um, and so that kind of made it easy to to have a strong front throughout the journey. And it wasn't really until I had the, they call it an RPLND, which um, is a surgery basically across my stomach. So I have a scar that goes from about here over and down. It was about a seven-hour operation. Um, and again, nobody was allowed. Well, I guess my dad was allowed to be there with me, but he was the only one. So the rest of my family waited out in the truck in the parking lot um, to hear kind of how the surgery went. But it wasn't until I woke up from that surgery and the doctor came in and said, you're in remission, that it really hit me, kind of everything that I'd been through. And so that's when I was extremely thankful for taking the time to write those blog posts too because it it happened so fast that I I didn't truly realize how much I had been through and how strong I was until I went back and read everything that I had gone through and my thoughts and kind of everything. That's crazy. And I know, I think in your book, you said the, the big C word was chemo. Um, my uncle who had cancer, he would, he went to chemo, I think twice. And he was telling my auntie, like, if God wants me, he can take me because I don't want to experience that pain. It's tough. So process is scary in general, too. Um, so you kind of go into this room. Um, it's probably about the size of this room. And sit in a chair. A nurse brings these clear bags with all these warning labels on it. They have to have two nurses. They've got to state the name and the birth date. And the other nurse has to check the name and the birth date. And then they give it to you and kind of you depending on which regimen it is that day, it varies in length. Um, but it, it really makes you stop and think like, wow, what are they putting in my body that yeah, <laughs> requires all of these different checks and different things? So that, that was a little scary in the beginning too, just kind of seeing that process of how many checks of making sure they have the right drugs and everything and knowing that that's what's going inside. And you're sitting you. there like, okay, do they have it right? Or- <laughs> And I know you said uh, some of them would take longer um, mm-hmm. to to get into your body. You would have some that would take five to seven minutes or something, and then some that would take 30 minutes. The first Monday of each cycle was usually the longest and kind of the most harsh. Um, I would get there about eight, and we would leave around probably around three or two in the afternoon. Um, so I would get about... I believe it was two different drugs, and then they would have to give me an IV before I could leave because one of them would cause dehydration. Um, and then they would also give me a steroid during that one that would um, was supposed to help take away the side effects, which I think it it probably did, but it also kept me up until about 5 a.m. the next day afterwards. Um, so that made for a really long first week, and it was usually at the end of that first week that I would get extremely dehydrated and have some issues and have to kind of go in and get a little more, a little more drugs or assistance, if you will. To help you out. Yeah. I know um, there were times when you're going through the chemo where I believe you said you wouldn't even be able, you would only be able to carry up to like a gallon of milk. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I can see that 
being real scary, as you said, you were living by yourself at that time. But your mom and dad seemed to be like really great people. Yeah. Um, and so by the time I had started chemo, I'd actually moved back in with them. Um, mostly I wanted to and I felt better about things, but also my mom being a nurse, of course, yeah. she wants, she really wanted me home too. So it kind of, it was kind of the start of what fostered everything else. So I'm glad I actually moved home during that time. And now I, I own my own home and I have a car and I run my own business full time. And so I feel like I'm finally, finally making some strides where it seemed like I was taking two steps back. I'm finally taking a step forward and am able to kind of work towards some of the dreams that I didn't feel like I was going to be able to work towards or didn't even know if I was going to be able to work towards. Um, Because just hearing that it spread is scary in and of itself, not knowing exactly where and that sort of thing. I know there's so much that you're doing too um, with your second book, that, the app I saw it all (laughs) months ago. Yeah. I saw when, I guess you're announcing it was going to launch. And I was like, this is going to be really good locally, especially considering there's so much, there's so much things that are hidden in Shreveport, um, Shreveport, Bossier area that people need to get out and see uh, locally, locally owned businesses, all of these things. And like I said, you're, really pushing like the community to kind of get out and kind of support these places. And that was kind of what started Shreveport Secrets a few years ago was I felt like we had so many positive things happening in Shreveport Bossier, but people, people just didn't know about it. And if they did know about it, they usually found out after it happened. And so they weren't able to support. Um, And so when I founded Shreveport Secrets, our mission and kind of the root value of it was to ensure that everything always remained positive. Um, And people used to ask me all the time, well, do you think you have enough content? And I have had no problem coming up with content. There is so much happening in Shreveport Bossier that people don't even know about. Um, And that's kind of what, what set the foundation for then 318 as the app to come about was our most popular articles and our most popular content is food related. And we have such a vibrant food scene here in Shreveport Bossier that, I mean, even just in my kind of path of this app and finding restaurants and making sure that everything is included, I've discovered restaurants that I didn't even know about. And it's practically my job to know um, about all the new businesses and things that are happening. So I know other people don't as well. And so the foundation of the app was to allow people to not only explore and discover new restaurants, but to also make it easier for groups, whether that's families, coworkers, friends, um, because I don't know about y'all, but I have the most indecisive group of friends. No, I, I got, probably I got know. the most indecisive <laughs> wife, so um, I know what that's like. And uh, I think it also brings positivity to the community because like I said we're we're not from here we but we've been to a bunch of states um i think you know as even as much as we miss home treeport bozier has so much to offer absolutely um, and 
a lot of people look at all these bad things and think it's happening everywhere. Or they're scared to go to a certain place where there's a really good restaurant. Because it's or a, social media amplifies one yep. bad thing to overshadow all of the good that is happening yep. here. Um, social media is great, but it's also made it really easy to to kind of give a loud voice to a small minority. Yep. These places that people consider bad in Shreveport, like you can drive, people are scared to drive through these places, and I've driven through them like, they're not doing nothing to you. I go through them every I day. <laughs> I don't understand what the big, and I'm not from here, and I'm like, I don't understand what's the, the problem or why are you calling this area sketchy if there's a, a, a good restaurant? Because those good restaurants will fade away if you don't go mm-hmm. out and support. It might end up being just chain restaurants where mm-hmm. there is so much growth in Shreveport, in just the six years we've been here, the opportunity here is so good. Uh, you, I know there there's been a bunch of restaurants closing down as of as of late, but the the economy also has you know has a toll on that. And so I also think, actually, we haven't announced this yet, so y'all can get a little bit of an exclusive. <laughs> um, but we actually just brought on board a new developer. Um, for the 318 app that is really going to allow us to grow and scale a lot quicker than we had initially planned. Um, So obviously our first goal is to kind of be within the 318 area code and pay homage to to the name, but we do have plans to expand outside of that. And so building the app to scale with that in mind um, was very important to me. And doing that, we've kind of been in some talks with some investors and that sort of thing, which has led me to the revenue side. And even though we're thinking about revenue, the restaurants, owners, and the users are still the most important um, in my mind. And so one of the cool things that we're going to be doing and launching with 318 is a subscription called 318 Premium. That'll be um, anywhere from 5 to $9 a month. Um, But we've been talking with restaurant owners and even corporate restaurants here locally um, to offer discounts to the groups on restaurants that you match at. Um, So when you match at a restaurant, you could get 10% off or a free entree. Um, And so we're kind of finalizing those different details with them. But this is a way for the users to get a lot of value. So for a minimal fee per month, you can get that savings back, particularly if your family eats out a lot or if your friends eat out a lot. Um, And it helps the restaurant owners as well. And then along with this new developer, we've also kind of changed how the algorithm works. Um, The previous developer was basing it off of the location of wherever the device was for each member in the group. Um, we've changed that to be completely random now to ensure that um, restaurants are being discovered that you may not know about. Um, so I've made it very clear that I don't want it to be ra- uh, be based on, say, a Google rating or anything like that, or even the locations near them, because that doesn't encourage them to explore and discover new places. Um, so I'm really excited about the opportunities that that will bring for for restaurant owners and even local foodies as well. Yeah, I really like that because... A lot of uh, people don't realize how one bad review can mess up a restaurant. Particularly if they don't have a lot of reviews. Yeah. 
I mean, you can go from five stars to three or two and a half quite quickly with one review if you have limited, which a lot of the smaller kind of mom and pop shops experience with things like that. The people don't realize the impact of what a good review can do, but are so quick to go and leave a negative review. And And, and a lot of people don't take the time to leave a good review if they had good food, but they're they'll certainly leave a bad review once they have. Absolutely. You know, so this is your sign to leave a good review. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the only way. With a way. photo if you can, because yeah. that's even better. Especially on, on Yelp. Yelp drives a lot of that stuff. Um, and that's actually how the new app will pull in the restaurants or the new developers pulling in. Um, so we're using the Google API for Google Maps and the Yelp API to kind of ensure that any restaurant that opens or closes, we include, and it also makes it easier on me, so I'm not having to manage yeah, that database of restaurants. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the scaling, too, that'll make it easier as we expand to to Ruston and Natchitoches and some of those other places that we plan to go to um, shortly after. That sounds really great because even as we drive, say we go down to Baton Rouge, the app is going to be working there. If we go the other way. Yep. Something really exciting too is we'll have teams that kind of move into to the different towns that'll help us bring on board the the mom and pop restaurants. Um, but we've also been talking with some of the corporate franchises that are interested. They said they've never been approached by an app like this or this sort of marketing and advertising option. And so we have some corporate restaurants that are potentially interested in coming on board nationwide, which will be really exciting as well because that'll that'll automatically give us discounts in all of the major cities across the country as we work to kind of bring on board some of the, the mom and pop restaurants as well. Yeah. And expand. I, I, I would assume the corporate thing will help just expand quicker with the, with the app. That, so, and it, it gives a little more credibility and authenticity yeah. to it too, to kind of help entice the, the mom and pop shops that, aren't as familiar with a new model like this or are a little nervous about kind of brain discounts and that sort of things because it, it means a lot more to a mom-and-pop restaurant than a, the a corporate, corporate franchise. They can look at it and be like, oh, they're on that? Okay, let's jump on it too. I was excited to speak with several local restaurant owners, though, before we kind of started down this road, and every single one of them was enthusiastic and excited about it um, and was willing to to join the program. So I'm really excited to kind of see how that works out and to, to get those restaurants on board and to see that we're getting support from both smaller and larger corporations. And with the app starting, it's going to make everyone kind of raise their game a little bit. There are really good places to eat here that are hidden that you could miss. Uh, Missing Link or Larry P's that yep. you can walk by or Poppin' Pizza. So there's so much that that could do other... like other than people just using a Google search, because sometimes you might not even mm-hmm. find it on a yeah. Google search. And we also have so many good food trucks here too. Yep. Um, and so that's something that we're, it's been a bit of a challenge thus far, but we're trying to find a way to include food trucks. We've had several of them reach out and ask if they'll be included. Unfortunately, they won't be included at launch, um, but we are trying to find a system and a process and a way to do that. One of the biggest challenges we're running into there is, the food truck schedule changes so often. Um, and a lot of times the only time or place they post that is social media. 
which doesn't give us the ability yeah. to kind of pull in that schedule. Yeah, there's no um, So we're kind up. of in the early stages of exploring if we can create a system that allows them to log in and set up their own hours and update those each time, as well as ordering online for many of the other restaurants as well. But that'll probably be in the a little bit farther down the line. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you're, you're slingshotting so so much and doing so so much for the community. Hopefully nothing happens to the Sobo food truck park. Mm-hmm. But with that being there, if it if it could grow and have a schedule where, you know, Absolutely. Mondays for sure is going to be them, which would help them with the app. And would help the food truck to themselves, because I think that's that's one of the challenges with people even just wanting to support local food trucks as well as not knowing where to go yeah. or seeing a post from two weeks ago and not realizing it yeah. was from two weeks ago and showing up at the wrong place or those sorts of things. Because we all know social media doesn't show us everything yeah. that, that we post. <laughs> you find out day of and you're all the way across in the other side of town. Ono's, they always sell out so quick. So Love Ono's. <laughs> so like they can be somewhere and you can plan to be there. You know day of and in a couple of hours they're sold out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the app is going to do so much. It's going to introduce so much new food to people that haven't tried it i mean there's so much food just in in the area and east texas mm-hmm. going to to Bruston that are really hidden and uh flavors for new flavors for people to try you know yeah. hopefully it helps people get out of comfort zones i don't know i i think it's great and i can't I wait appreciate that i'm excited about it so it's been I, a few years in the in the process but um we did end up changing developers a couple of weeks ago, which prolonged the time to launch a little bit, but we're still looking to launch um, kind of right at the end of February or early March. Um, so hopefully not too much longer, um, but that'll give me time to do the work to to be able to inform the restaurants about what we've got going on and kind of ensure that everything they're doing is up to date. Um, so kind of if you're a restaurant owner, we're pulling from Yelp and Google. So of course... As long as you have a Google business profile or a Yelp profile, you'll appear there. But if there's some that don't, then we want to make sure that they know about it and have the opportunity um, to kind of set one of those up as well. Who knows what the app could even extend to if other local businesses or other businesses just in town. That, that's funny you say that, actually. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this is one of my long-term goals for the app, um, and that's to... Right now, I like to say it's kind of a tender for restaurants, so it very much has the card swipe functionality. Um, But one of the things that we're looking to add in in the long term is kind of more of the Bumble strategy. So you can tap and go for best friend, dating, networking, and kind of switch up how you want to to match on people or what the purpose of matching on them is. Um, We're kind of exploring some ways to do that for, say, nightlife. Um, deciding on where you want to go out and even how those two things might connect together or even some of the industries outside of that um, to kind of create a full night plan. So we call when you match on a restaurant, that's the group's plan. But what all could be part of that plan? We could have nightlife or bars, restaurants. Um, There's the potential to possibly pull in events from the Google API and kind of tie in an event and plan out the whole night. Um, and so that's something that 
that I'm really excited about. It will definitely be a little yeah. ways down the line, but we're you know, definitely thinking in that direction. You know what's funny about you saying that is she hates when I say this. I, I'm a felt <laughs> restaurant owner. Um, we we uh, I used to own uh, Boca. Okay. Um, me, uh, my mom and I, we were doing this thing, and I can't get it off the top of my head. I wanted to do this thing where um, we would actually lay out all the food on the table, mm-hmm. have a full uh, dinner. And I was trying to convince my mom while we were open, like it would be great for it would be a great way for people who are new in town that don't have friends or single people to come and just sit down and enjoy a meal. Because if, if you enjoy a meal with someone, um, what we were doing was traditional uh, traditional Filipino thing. You would eat with your hands. Mm-hmm. So you're actually, there's just something about eating with your hands and sitting across someone. So we tested it one time. And uh, there was people on the table that didn't know each other. Throughout the eating process, they all just started talking. It looked like they were friends for the longest time. So That's so cool. Yeah, so food can bring so much. <laughs> it brings people together. Yeah, it, and if you're eating Filipino way, eating it with your hands, you're, it's like you're more in, with, in that moment. Absolutely. And you're passing stuff to each other with your hands, with people you might never have connected with outside. So that the food thing, the bar thing, uh, connecting people through this app, I think it would be amazing because there's so many, with Barksdale being right there, there's so many people that are moving here that they might stay stuck on base because, you know, they don't want to go out and explore. And this Mm -hmm. might help them make some friends because, um, where we're from, there's there's a big naval base, an Air Force base. Usually the people that love it are out there at the bar, at the restaurants, uh, yeah. mingling with locals. Your experience there tends to just go in an upward movement. Absolutely. And I think there's there's so many ways that we could partner with different people in the community too. Um, some ideas that I've had are even just kind of providing a filter for restaurants that are only part of 318 Restaurant Week or Shreveport Bossier Black Restaurant Week or only vendors that are at the Red River Revel. I could see multiple different instances like that where it could come in handy. And if you have a group only wanting to kind of pick a place for 318 Restaurant Week, then you can filter out the restaurants to only show ones that are available for 318 Restaurant Week. Or if you're at the Red River Revel and you're trying to have the family decide on a place to eat. You can filter it out to only vendors that are at the Red River Revel and different things like that. So I think there's some opportunities for us to really tie into the community and some of the things that they're doing too. And with like the Revel setup, like whenever we gone, you're eating on those big tables mm-hmm. with other people next to you. You're going to end up talking to people. Yep. So it's just all positive when you're there sitting next to someone, enjoying something with other people, whether it be a family with another family. Um, I think it can only be uplifting to do it. There's no, there might be people that are skeptical at first. Like, I I don't know if I want to go meet up (laughs) at a bar with five other people that I don't know, but it might end up 
being a really great time. And I mean, like, there's been times where I've I've asked my friends if they want to go out, and none of them have been able to go out. So I've just decided to go out by myself. And some of those nights are the the funnest nights. I mean, yeah, she, <laughs> you meet she, new people and have she a great gets time. Mad at me because I end up talking to everyone and I take long to leave. <laughs> even at the even the cash <laughs> the cashier I'll talk to. It's really different. You you start to get you're slowly becoming friends, and who knows? Say you meet up with five people that night and then the next mm -hmm. thing you know the following week is those same five people right there's a little friend group yep you might as well get their numbers if you guys are going to keep connecting like that and keep going out and it would it would all be thanks to the app which i mean i know us when we first moved here we didn't know anyone yeah. other than our, our family that was already here so it was really us trying to connect with people that were from that part of the world, um, us going to Asian festivals, mm -hmm. meeting people, um, that's really the the only way you're going to do it. And when we did open Boca, even for that time that it was open, we've met so many people through it. I bet. Uh, people don't realize how impactful it is just meeting people and how... It's it's real hard work to do this for any business owner, yourself included. People cooking too. You can make someone that was tired throughout the day just all of a sudden they got all that energy talking to people. So food is very vital in a community. Absolutely. And particularly in ours with, with the food scene and food prize and all of the different food-related events that we have, Crawfest. I mean, we just have so, so much to offer as far as food goes. So I guess that's why we kind of gravitated towards food first. I'm a big guy, so I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think it's there's only wonderful things that you're you're actually doing, and I really been like liking following you. And well, I know you. you you were doing stuff with the news station with Shreveport Secrets. Yeah, so Shreveport Secrets recently got, I believe we're on week eight or nine now, picked up as kind of a segment on KSLA. So KSLA used to host a segment called Arklatex Weekend, I believe a couple of years ago. Um, and then it kind of went away for a while until they reached out to me and asked if kind of Shreveport Secrets would be interested in, in joining on board with them. And so every Friday at 4 p.m., on KSLA, uh, myself and Priscilla Barrigo with KSLA kind of give a what's happening uh, in Shreveport Bossier for that weekend and kind of give a preview for the weekend. Yeah, Friday, 4 p.m., KSLA. That That's is. right. <laughs> That's been um, really exciting to kind of come back to KSLA, too, where I started my career after KSLA. Um, but what I'm most proud of with that segment is it gives us the ability to highlight the some of the smaller events. Me and Priscilla have have gone through great efforts to make sure that we're not covering the same thing that is often being covered throughout the news leading up to the events um, and making sure that that I'm able to help give a platform to businesses and events that don't typically get media coverage. Um, yeah. And so that's something that I'm really proud of with that segment, too. Which there's actually a, a lot out here that don't get coverage. I mean, even if I listen to the radio, I don't hear that much about the Strand or the Little Theater. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you if the Share Show was in town. 
It was. And, and I never that was it. one of those shows that I actually hadn't mm. heard too much about until yeah. basically a couple hours before when I was, was kind of told about the tickets. Um, but it's things like that that we really want to bring yeah. bring attention to. Yeah, see, I didn't hear anything about that. Um, there's so much little shows that go on from little comedy shows, um, live acts that you don't hear about yeah. unless you're on social media. But what you, like you said, it doesn't even show you yeah, everything. Social media doesn't show you everything. I mean, you can go to <laughs> events and it's not going to show you everything that's happening. I don't know. I like those little segments and I like the fact that you're pushing that because there's no one else really pushing it. So you and her, I think, are doing really good. Community has a whole shit like, not thank you, but be grateful you're actually pushing it because there's a lot. You don't need to do that. So well, thank you. I appreciate that. We do allow people to send us events as well. So if if y'all are having any events um, or if any of the listeners have events, they can submit them through Shreveport Secrets or email me directly. Like you mentioned, social media doesn't show us everything. Um, even when I look at events on there, which is kind of my main source for getting them, um, a lot of them are based on the pages that I already like. And so if I don't like the page or I'm not following it, then I often don't even see the event or anything like that until afterwards, um, which is the case for most people. Um, so we really kind of rely on business owners and people within the community, event organizers and that sort of thing to let us know what's going on in the community and help us help you to to kind of amplify your platform and your event. Because we got way off topic talking about that. <laughs> We did a little bit, I know we? what you wanted to talk about. So now you're in remission, going to be fully cured by uh, 2025. We just talked about all these things you're doing. Um, I know a lot of people won't say it, especially men, but how are you really doing? Uh I'm doing pretty well. Um, I will say the the anxiety is still there quite frequently, and I carry that with me quite a bit. Um, just before every time there's a test or you do a check and you you feel the slightest little thing that you don't recognize or, or don't know what it is, and it gets your anxiety up. Um, but I've gotten better with kind of handling that, and, and I'm doing well. Yeah, Thank you. I, I know it's scary and a lot of men won't talk about it or ask other men how they, they're really doing. Absolutely. So that's really good to hear. If you have any message to anyone, what would you like to say? Yeah, so I guess my biggest message would be to do self-checks. Um, they're recommended once a month. There's resources online. The Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation um, has some bright brochures and information um, on how to do a self-check if you're not sure how. Um, but if I had known about doing a self-check and had done a self-check, I could have likely found my cancer a lot earlier and prevented it from spreading before I was able to get treatment. Um, so number one, do a self-check. And number two, if you do feel something abnormal, get it checked out right away. Testicular cancer has a 95% curability rate if caught early. And so the resources are out there for you if, if you feel like something may be wrong. You got so much that's going on. If you if you want to let everyone know, you can True. go ahead and let them know. So if you're looking for positive news, hidden gems, things to do, or restaurant reviews, and more in Treeport Bossier, I really encourage you to check out Treeport Secrets. 
Um, we have a website, www.shreveportsecrets.com, as well as a Facebook group and Facebook page. Um, our Facebook group has about 16,500 people in it. Um, so it's a really great resource, not only for if you're looking for things to do, um, but also for business owners to share what they've got going on with their business and discounts and promotions um, that they have going on as well. Um, and if you're interested in the 318 app, you can learn more about it at 318te.app. Um, and you can sign up there to become a beta tester for the app when it moves into the beta testing phase and to learn more about how it works and kind of our roadmap and plans for that as well. Awesome. Well, that's our guest, Mr. Paul Savage. Well, thank you for having me.